Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning. And welcome to the Nexa Resources Second Quarter 2021 Conference Call. All participants will be in listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. The presenters on this call are Mr. Tito Martens, CEO of Nexa Resources, Mr. Rodrigo Mank, CFO of Nexa Resources, and Ms. Roberta Varela, Head of Investor Relations. Please note, this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Tito Martens. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Nexus Earnings Conference Call, and thank you for taking the time. Today, we'll be talking about our results for the second quarter of 2021. Please, let's move now to slide three, where we'll begin our presentation. I will start by briefly commenting on our results. We deliver another strong quarter. We have safely operated and our adjusted EBITDA stood at $233 million, the highest quarter result in our history. We benefited from strong pricing and the continuous commitment of our team to operational and financial performance. We ended the quarter with cash above $1 billion and leveraged down to 1.2 times. Vaccination has advanced, but we stay diligent. In light of the extension of the pandemic, business continuity measures and COVID-19 protocols remain in place in our operations, exploration activities, and projects. We believe they have been very effective. Mining and smelting operations are running at a high utilization rates, and we expect to deliver our guidance. I'm glad to confirm that our first greenfield project, Aripuanã, is also on track. As forecast, our sixth underground polymetallic mine should start production in early 2022. Global demand for our products remains strong, and it is estimated to continue to grow, especially in a green economy. We will continue to invest and grow, adjusting ourselves to the opportunities and challenges imposed by COVID-19, among other factors. Given some recent events, we are evaluating our capital allocation strategy and the jurisdictions where we are operating. Meantime, we continue to invest and advance the engineering studies of our growth opportunities, such as magistral and both successful projects. In addition, we have revised our CapEx guidance for 2021 to $510 million, which we will comment in more detail during this presentation. With respect to our ESG initiatives and the fight against COVID-19, we continue to provide support to our host communities and to the local governments in the regions where we operate. In order to reinforce our commitment to plurality and human rights, we joined the LGBTI plus business and rights forum in Brazil and the Pride Connection in Peru. In the second quarter of 21, we also signed a partnership with Artemis, a social enterprise founded on a collectively of female entrepreneurs focused on disruptive change in global economic, environmental, and social development mind. Moving forward, we will maintain our efforts to build a sustainable business model, generating value for all of our stakeholders. And for that, we have also continued to invest in our exploration program in all of our mines and projects. On the next slide, slide four, I will comment on the results of Cerro Lindo Brownfield exploration. Please move to slide four. In Cerro Lindo, 
exploration drilling has been concentrated on extensions of known or, or bodies to the southeast of the mine and new mineralized zones like Pucasala. Pucasala target is located at 4.5 kilometers to the northwest of the mine and drilling results confirmed positive intercepts in the second quarter of 21. We still need to continue to advance, but these initial results indicate that we could potentially expand our current mineral resource and reserves, extending the life of mine. We have, at the same time, also obtained positive brownfield drilling results at the Pasco Complex, Vazante, and Mohagudo mines. Now, please move to the next slide, slide five. Here, I will make some comments about the development of our first greenfield mining project, Aripuanã. When we published our update CAPEX last October, we were contemplating an estimated impact of the first wave of COVID. However, the extension of the pandemic has demanded additional precautionary measures, and some of the costs were not predictable at that time. Our previously CAPEX guidance of $547 million has been now updated to $575 million, and it may go up to $595 million, depending on some unexpected conditions. Here, we want to be cautious about future impacts of the pandemic. So, we are setting up a $20 million kind of provision for the project, assuming that same costs incurred up to now would happen to the end of the construction. Fortunately, the current scenario in Aripanã has been much less negative than the one seen in the last nine months. In addition to COVID-19 costs, this CAPEX increase also contemplates some inflation and a minor scope change. This scope change has to do with housing for our future employees. As you may know, as part of the infrastructure of the project, we are building houses for our operational team. Surprisingly, during the hiring process, most of the future employees choose to be relocated to Aripanã instead of working on a fly-in, fly-out scheme. So we had to increase the number of houses to be built in the city. Good news in terms of retention and commitment to the project. In summary, Despite the current circumstance with COVID and its impacts, we are on track to deliver our project as planned and start production at the beginning of 2022. Aripanã construction works continue to advance and overall physical progress has reached 89% at the end of June compared to 79% in March. Mining development activities continue to progress in both IREX and LINK mines and in June, the vertical development project scope was concluded. With respect to our exploration program, drilling has been focused at the deep northwest extension of Babassu, and last results continue to confirm a high-grade mineralization area. These results support our belief that Aripuanã will be a long life mine. Moving now to slide six, let's talk about our project pipeline. In addition to Aripona, as you know, we have a pipeline of potential growth projects in different stages of maturity. With respect to magistral copper project, engineering studies continue to progress and a peer review for the fell tree stage will be carried out during the second half of 21. These works are being developed to mitigate risks of project execution and before any consideration or approval by our board. With respect to Hilarion, exploratory drilling results confirmed two new ore bodies at the Hilarion Sur target. Regarding Bon Successo, we continue to execute expansion drilling in the central zone of the site, and we have confirmed that the Bon Successo mineralized zone extends at depth along a parallel southwestern trend. Now, I would like to pass to Roberta Varela, our head of investor relations, who will comment on our financial results. Roberta, please. Thank you, Tito. Good morning, everyone. Please, let's move to slide eight. Beginning with the chart on your upper left, consolidated net revenue in second quarter of 2021 was $686 million, up 104% compared to the same period a year ago, mainly driven by higher metal prices and volumes. 
If we compare with first quarter of 2021, net revenue increased by 14%. Adjusted EBITDA stood at $233 million, compared to $40 million in the second quarter of 2020, and $180 million in first quarter of 2021. As Tito mentioned, we have recorded the highest quarter adjusted EBITDA in our trajectory. We deliver another quarter of solid financial results and operational performance. And this performance not only benefited from higher metal prices and volumes, but also reflects our initiatives from Next Away program. Considering the first six months of 2021, adjusted EBITDA totaled $413 million. In the next slides, we'll discuss in further detail our segment's performance. On slides 9 and 10, we will discuss our mining segment results. Zinc equivalent production reached 136,000 tons, up 52% year over year and about 5% from first quarter 21, mainly driven by higher treated ore volume. In second quarter 2021, zinc production of 82,000 tons increased by 31% compared to a year ago, following the recovery of our Peruvian production, which was temporarily suspended due to the measures announced by the Peruvian government. Compared to first quarter 21, total zinc production increased by 5.5%, primarily driven by Cerro Lindo, which benefited from increased production in the remaining areas and short-term mine design, and lower dilution in the quarter. Production in El Povenir and Atacocha mines also increased. With respect to Vazanti, as previously disclosed, Extremo Norte mine production remains temporarily suspended. During the quarter, an in-depth analysis of the technical conditions was carried out, and no significant progress was detected. We have already started our rehabilitation plan to access the main ramp entrance, and mine development should start in the third quarter of 2021. We expect mining production to resume in the first quarter of 2022. In terms of net revenue, we reached $311 million in the second quarter, up 181% year-over-year and 22% quarter-over-quarter explained by higher average LME prices and increasing sales volumes. Adjusted EBITDA for the mining segment stood at $141 million, strongly recovering from a year ago. Compared to the first quarter, adjusted EBITDA also increased. As you can see on slide 10, this performance was mainly explained by the positive price effect of $34 million related to higher LME prices and changes in market prices resulting in quotation period adjustments, followed by higher byproduct credits due to better price and volumes, and lower TCs, which were partially offset by the increase in operating costs driven by COVID-19 and maintenance expenses, and higher workers' participation and the increase in exploration and project evaluation investments. In the first six months of the year, adjusted EBITDA amounted to $239 million. In terms of cash costs, as you can see on the bottom right, consolidated mining cash costs of $0.14 cents per pound in second quarter 21 decreased by 60% compared to the second quarter of 2020, and by 40% from the previous quarter. This decrease was mainly driven by higher byproduct credits and lower TCs. Now let's turn to the smelting segment results. On slides 11 and 12, we will discuss our smelting segment results. In second quarter 21, metal sales amounted to 157,000 tons, up 31% year over year, and 5.5% from first quarter 21 driven by a recovering global demand. Net revenue in the quarter was $522 million, totaling $990 million in the first six months of the year, positive driven by higher prices and sales volumes. Adjusted EBITDA for the smelting segment 
in second quarter 21 stood at $93 million compared with $39 million a year ago. Compared to first quarter, adjusted EBITDA also went up. As you can see on slide 12, the 11% increase in EBITDA was mainly explained by higher sales volume with a positive impact of $4 million, the increase in byproducts contribution due to higher prices and volumes, and the positive effect of other income and expenses, which were negatively impacted by an incremental provision in the first quarter. These sectors were partially offset by the negative price effect of $11 million related to changes in market prices, resulting in quotation period adjustments. In the first six months of the year, adjusted EBITDA was $176 million. In terms of cash costs, as you can see on the bottom right, consolidated smelting cash costs of $1.80 per pound in second quarter increased by 9% compared to the previous quarter. Mainly driven by market-related factors, such as higher zinc prices impacting the concentrated purchase and lower treatment charges. I will now turn over the call to Rodrigo Menke, our CFO, who will provide more detailed information about our balance sheets. Menke, please. Thank you, Roberta. Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. I am now on slide 13. As demonstrated in the upper left graph, our liquidity remains strong and we continue to report a healthy balance sheet with extended debt profile. By the end of the first quarter, our current available liquidity was of $1.4 billion, which includes our undrawn revolving credit facility of $300 million. As of June 30th, the average maturity of our total debt was 5.5 years with a 4.6% average debt cost. Our leverage measured by the net debt to adjusted EBITDA ratio, decreased to 1.19 times from 1.73 times, mainly driven by higher adjusted EBITDA and lower net debt. The debt breakdown by category and currency is shown on the right side of the slide. In light of our strong balance sheet and liquidity, in July, we continue to advance with our liability management program, and we have repaid additional existing financial debt uh, reducing our gross debt by almost $180 million. On slide 14, you will see our performance balance sheet considering these repayments. On this slide, we present Nexus free cash flow generation. During the quarter, our free cash flow generation was $40 million. Describing it further and starting from our $233 million adjusted EBITDA, we have a $35 million loss in working capital $56 million of sustaining CAPEX, and $35 million of interest paid and taxes. Still, Nexa has generated $107 million of cash before extension projects during the analyzed period. After that, we invested $51 million in non-sustaining CAPEX, which includes mainly our Aripoanan development projects. We also had a negative net effect of $63 million as we have prepaid about $94 million of debt during the quarter, partially offset by the additional drawdown of $51 million related to the BNDS loan agreement. Other non-operational impacts, including foreign exchange effects, had a positive impact of $53 million. Turning now to the next slide, slide 16. As Tito mentioned, we have revised our 2021 CAPEX guidance to $510 million versus the previous $450 million. This increase was mainly driven by the updated expenditures for our growth projects, mainly driven by Aripona, as explained earlier in our presentation. Visibility studies investments for Magistral in Bonso Celso were also updated. In addition, we estimate higher sustaining investments in the second half of 21 due to expected increase in mine development and higher maintenance costs, also affected by inflation. In the second quarter, we have invested $116 million in CAPEX. The Aripona project amounted to $59 million, 49% of the total investment. For the year, we now estimate to invest 
$255 million to continue developing Aripuana. Suspending investments, including HFT, amounted to $56 million in the quarter, totaling $87 million in the first half of 21. As projects advance, we expect the disbursements to increase over the second half of 21, uh, meeting our guidance disclosed in the beginning of the year. In terms of mineral exploration and project evaluation, we invested a total of $17 million in the quarter, totaling $31 million in the first half of 2021. For the whole year, we expect to continue our mineral exploration and project evaluation investments as we will maintain our efforts to replace and increase mineral reserves and resources supporting our business growth. On July 21st, we published our second exploration report. We hope it could provide further clarity over our results and exploration program strategy. I will now handle the call back to Tito. Tito, please. Thank you, Mank. We are now at slide 18. Here, we will make some comments about the market fundamentals. Despite some downward pressure during June, zinc price maintained its upward trend and increased by 6% compared to the last quarter. This increase continued to be driven by a global economic activity growth. The depreciation of the U.S. dollar against other major currencies also contributed to higher metal prices. Despite the challenge imposed by COVID-19, global mine production continues to improve. As a consequence, TCs have already shown some signs of recovery compared to the last quarter. This could add some downward pressure in metal prices during the second half. The big question here is how Chinese mining production will behave. With respect to copper, price also presented a significant recovery year over year and increased by 14% compared to first quarter of 21. Going forward, as the world is in transition to green economy, demand for our products should continue to increase. Moving now to our last slide, slide 18. We remain focused on delivering Aripona project and the strong results, benefiting from the favorable commodity prices and the operational improvements from our next away initiatives. We expect to be able to continue safely operating and delivering a sustainable result. Although there are some inflationary signs at the horizon, we believe our commitment to cost control and capital discipline will help us to overcome any difficulties. Our products are essential for a growing economy, and we believe we have a unique position to grow in zinc and copper in the long run, creating value for all of our stakeholders. Thank you all for your time, and let's move to the Q&A session. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your touchtone phone. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Our first question comes from Oris Walkadow with Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning, uh, Tito, Menk, Roberta. Um, Tito, I wanted to ask you about the comment in that you made earlier and also in the front page of the press release uh, pertaining to um, this issue of your evaluating your capital allocation strategy and the jurisdictions where you operate. D does that imply that you're potentially looking at new assets outside of, of Brazil and Peru? Or, you know, or am I just reading too much into that? Hi, Horace. Thank you for your question. Uh, let's put it this way. We, uh, I think in the last call, we had already mentioned that we were looking at new assets outside of the two countries. 
I mean, we, we have uh, some uh, resources uh, being expanded in Namibia today, uh, some exploration uh, uh, drillings. And we are also moving to Ecuador, where we have just opened up a new subsidiary, and we are talking to uh, potential partners there, junior companies. So the idea is uh, clearly we need actually to 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 mitigate our ge our geopolitical uh, uh, risks, right? So uh, the, the best way to do it is actually moving to different localities, uh, 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 different geographies. Is exactly what we are doing. And of course, uh, we have to be very cautious uh, because. Everybody's asking us uh, what's going to happen in Peru. We don't know. We we are in Peru to stay. It's it's our home country. But uh, understanding that things are changing everywhere, and so makes sense to move and to, to be present in, in other uh, other geographies. Okay, but it it sounds like your your presence here in these other jurisdictions, it sounds like they're fairly modest, uh, sort of at the at the exploration type stage. It is still, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the idea is, uh, and we, we, we said that in the past, uh, of course, we have our greenfield projects. Uh, they are located basically in Peru, in Brazil. But uh, we keep looking around to see if there are other competitive opportunities. This is one of the things that uh, we, we keep saying all the time. I mean, if I can find a, a competitive project in, in, in another geography that that actually uh, can be can be uh, can bring us a, a higher uh, return and value, of course we would look for that and, and 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 maybe disregard what we have in our portfolio already. Okay, and and the capital allocation strategy part of that that statement um, yeah. is that pertaining to sort of new investments or could it could it pertain to higher uh, shareholder returns or what what are you alluding to there no we are still looking at new investments uh, we want to grow our portfolio we, we want to grow in copper copper is our priority clearly the market is still, uh, is still do not understand completely the zinc market so we understand that we, we want to, to, to keep the our volumes of zinc but in parallel, we want to grow in, 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 in copper. So the, the capital allocation would be in this direction, right? To look at the opportunities in growth. Okay. Thank you, Tito. Thank you. The next question is from Isabella Zesconsoli with Bradesco BBI. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning all. Thanks for the opportunity. I have a couple of questions on, on my side. Uh, the first one uh, on dividends, um, and of course you already have um, dividends and capital allocation going, looking into the next couple of years. Uh, you already have a very, uh, you know, comfortable leverage position. Uh, so should we see, you know, dividends trending up, or you know, are there any other opportunities in liability management? And uh, the second question, uh, looking ahead into the second half in terms of demand. Uh, if, if you can comment, Tito, a little bit on, on your order book visibility uh, and what you're seeing in the left-hand market. That will be helpful. Thank you. Hello, Isabella. Good morning. This is Rodrigo Menk. I'll answer the first question then for you. Uh, regarding this strong cash position and dividends versus uh, liability management, we have uh, already paid dividends this year, although we are, uh, let's say, coming from a, a – a challenging year last year we wanted to 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 really be committed to our shareholders and we had that payment we don't foresee any additional payment throughout this year uh, the strong cash position that we have we have been also using for liability management we have a bank loans mainly that are more flexible to be prepaid that we have been preparing as you saw in subsequent events in our in our figures this uh, this released yesterday so we already paid uh, during the quarter uh, around $80 billion, an additional 180 ever since the beginning of July. So looking forward with, uh, with strong cash generation and a, a proper liability management or, or liability surveillance here that we have been doing, as Tito mentioned, our goal is to invest and increase the business 
So uh, with all the due governance and uh, looking for these opportunities he just mentioned. Uh, Isabella, your second question about the market. Uh, let's 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 put it this way: the market has been very strong. I mean, I remember in the last call I mentioned that we were seeing a, a very strong first half of the year, and uh, and uh, and we are still seeing the same the same situation, uh, meaning uh, U.S., Europe, uh, Latin, Asia, all all, all continents. Uh, everywhere, we are still seeing a very strong demand for base metals in general. And on the other hand, uh, there is a lack of supply, mostly in China. Uh, it has to do with the lack of concentrate production. The, the concentrate production is, is lower than uh, uh, what was expected to, 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 to be. And so we are confident that we should have a second half very similar to to the first half, uh, meaning in terms of performance of sales, uh, supply and demand, profile, and pricing. So we are very optimistic about the second half. Thank you. That's very clear. Thank you both. The next question Thank is you, from Anna. Jens Spies with Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Yes, hello, everyone. So uh, two questions. I just want to ask um, if you could elaborate on the increase of the sustaining CapEx guidance, and also if uh, you could give us a number of what do you see being the, the long-term sustainable CapEx. Um, yeah. And also on, on the capital allocation, I, I would like to, to know if it's fair to assume that you will deprioritize Magistral uh, maybe next year, given the heightened um, political uncertainty. Thank you. Okay. Hi, Jens. How are you? Uh, let me cover the sustaining capex first. Uh, actually, we have been seeing some some events there, uh, Jens. First of all, I believe we have uh, to us to a certain extent, which is not as 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 uh, high as other. Uh, peers, market peers are facing, but we have inflationary costs to a certain extent. But we are also, when you, you talk about sustaining CAPEX, we are increasing development, mine development investment, uh, especially in Cerulean. So then with this, uh, you get kind of a rounded up figure, as you saw. Looking forward, also infrastructure, I apologize. When, once you are increasing mine development and going deeper and, and all, you have infrastructure the investment that you have to cover. So this justifies quite a bit, uh, the, the larger amount of this increase you observe. Looking forward on the long-term sustaining CAPEX uh, for every year, we have been discussing this ever since the IPO. I believe proportionally we have been increasing that uh, as to, to the new operations that we have in Aripuanã. So I think it's fair that you could think about something around 240, 270 per year. And that's what, uh, it's a fair reference. If this is going to be effectively sold, we need to forecast every beginning of the year, which is the timing we really for, uh, provide guidance to the market. But as a rationale, a broader rationale, I think it's fair to assume this type of range. Okay, regarding the question uh, about Magistral, uh, we are in the process of actually ending the the feasibility study. We actually, we, we are almost done with that. We are only de-risking the project. By de-risking, I mean we want to be sure that we have everything in place and uh, uh, com completely uh, assessed in order to, to develop the project. It's our priority to, to have it ready for development. Uh, I'm assuming that the Soon after we finish the, the construction of Aripuanã, we should be able to discuss with our board if we move ahead or not with the project next year. Uh, when, when you think about what's going on in Peru with the new president and the, the, new, the, the, new, the new political situation, I, I, I said that before and I, I, I still believe that we, we should not be very concerned about it. 
because uh, Peru is our priority. Peru has a very stable uh, institutional uh, uh, situation, so uh, and institutional and political situation. So uh, we, we are not concerned about the change in the politics there, and uh, the, 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 the the merits of the the project would be the ones to justify its, its development, regardless the the, the, the political situation. So we, we are just uh, being uh, very uh, precise and, and looking at the, the, the technical, technical aspects of the, the project in order to, to decide about its execution. I'm optimist about that, by the way. Uh, I keep saying that it's, it's a good project and we, we should pursue it. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Jackie Prelowski with BMO Capital. Please go ahead. Thanks very much. Uh, maybe I'll ask a question about the um, the projects that you have in your pipeline. Um, I'll, I'll start with Arupa. And you mentioned that some of this capex increase. I think if I understood you correctly, some of this capex increase is coming from the fact that more workers uh, are opting to live at site rather than fly in, fly out. Um, does that affect your uh, your forecast for operating costs going forward, should we expect that those might actually be uh, lower than than you had previously targeted because of that? Hi, Jack. Thanks for the question. Yes, it's not it's not material. It's not uh, okay. a significant uh, value amount, but yes, the, the 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 final impact would be a an exchange uh, of. Uh, uh, OPEX for CAPEX. You're correct about that. But okay. it's not material. That's, that's, we are talking about $9 million increase in the, in the house. Okay, okay. Got it. Thank you. And and on that same uh, vein, I guess, um, I mean, you, you continue to list in your MDNA the, uh, the number of projects that you have in your pipeline. Can you maybe give us an update in terms of what you're thinking uh, now that we're getting uh, closer to com completion of Aripona? Are you planning mm -hmm. to, in 2022, uh, accelerate your efforts on, on any of these other projects that have been uh, on the quieter side since COVID? Okay, let's, let, 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 I'm going to, I'm taking a picture here, okay, the way I see from today. Yeah. It looks natural for us to go for Magistral next year, okay? Despite, I'm not assuming that COVID is still a big problem everywhere. I think the situation is, is is going back to a more normal life is, is coming back to a more to be more normal but covid is, it is still there it's still a matter of concern uh, assuming that the situation uh, turns to be more more uh, uh, sustainable and and, uh, and quiet we should pursue the next project that would be magistral following magistral looking at our pipeline seems to me that Ilarion should be the next one, given the good results we are having from the exploration there. So, and Ilarion is an important project for us because at the end of the day, it will add additional zinc capacity from our mines. So the, this, is, this to me is exactly what we are seeing for the next years, next few years. What what's the development timeline as far as you can tell right now for Magistral? Is this maybe like when would you see it maybe coming into production? Like twenty twenty five ish? Twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, yes, should be ready. Should be beginning of twenty five exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, and then and maybe I'll just ask a, on a separate topic. Um, Roberta mentioned earlier in the in the call. Um, Extremo Norte, uh, you know, I think I think uh, starting to resume production in Q1 2022. Is that correct? Can you give us a little bit of it, update on like what we're we doing there? Yeah, we we are we are going back to to do development now. We, we start mm -hmm. development actually next week, which are good news. But since we when we stop production there, we re, we have to replan our, our production uh, in Vazantimai. So we are not considering that Extremo uh, Norte will produce anything on the second half. We will, right. we will just concentrate on development and actually having it 
in, back in production at the beginning of next year. We will replace what the Seminor 2 would produce in 21 by more production co coming from the, the main mine, the Fazanche mine. How does that affect grades? Like, how does how do you see the grades in second half of this year, and then how does that how does that change once Extremo Norte comes back in? in it doesn't. It doesn't. We should see the okay, same okay. the same grades we had in the first half. Doesn't doesn't okay. change anything. Okay, that's that's it for me. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. The next question is from Alex Hacking with City. Please go ahead. Yeah. Good. Good morning. I have a couple of follow up questions. Um, just uh, just following up on what Aris asked earlier, I just want to clarify around geographic diversification. Is, just so I fully understand, is that something that you think is strategically preferable to, to diversify outside of Brazil and Peru? Or it's more a question of just chasing the best projects and, and having some optionality, you know, in case the investment environment in those two countries isn't so good. Um, and, and then... Um, uh, just on Magistral, um, are you, is it still going to be a 30,000 ton a day project? Is, has anything changed there? And if I remember correct, there was an issue with one of the communities that you had to work around their land. Is, 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 is that side all resolved, all the community relations and everything? Thank you very much. Thank you, Alex. Uh, in terms of the, our our speech about jurisdictions. Uh, I, I would say that the kind of both situations, I mean, we are looking at uh, a new geographies in order to work on our uh, risk profile, geopolitical risk profile. And of course, we are also looking for uh, uh, good assets, right? So I, I would say, of course, if, if tomorrow someone comes to us and offers us a, a, an interesting project in Brazil, of course we would look at that, okay? But if, we, if I have opportunities to be somewhere else, somewhere else, I would do it. Clearly, we, we've, been, we've been kind of punished for being only in Brazil and in Peru. So in our view, it makes sense to look at other opportunities in other places. Uh, in terms of Magistral, uh, we are keeping the same the same size of the project, 30,000 tons a day. There is no change on that. Of course, we 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 had a chance to look at different different possibilities. We are still looking at possibilities, but it seems to us that it makes a lot of sense to to have the scale a scale there. So economically speaking, it would be better to actually produce in, 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 with uh, large volumes. Uh, daily uh, issues with the communities we don't have. I mean, we have a good agreement with the the, the community where we'll be operating. This agreement has been in place, if I'm not wrong, for the last four or five years already. There is another community which was in dispute against this the first one. The dispute is among them. Uh, and it has to do with the, the limits of each area belonging to each of the communities, but doesn't affect our project directly. So it's an it's a, it's a, a internal dispute between them and doesn't affect our relationship. In general, we are doing fine there. There are no issues with them. Okay, thanks, great. And um, Thank you. good luck with the uh, Arab one. Thank you. The next question is from Atran Kizluk with MetLife. Please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for taking my question and congratulations on the results. Um, it's a follow-up on many of the political issues that you have been discussing so far. So we have seen Castillo's inaugural speech talking about uh, social returns uh, for mining companies. So I'm wondering what uh, you are foreseeing here. Are you thinking here, maybe here, higher taxes, higher labor costs, um, restrict, more restrictive environmental regulations, and with all of this mix, and if the situation takes a turn, maybe for the worse, with a more aggressive government, um, what are the legal means that NEXA has available to, to try to fend off uh, attacks or higher costs that go beyond what is rational? Wow. Very good, very huge, very broad question, but thank you. 
Mm-hmm. What happens the following? We we, 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 we we rely on the institutions in Peru. Okay, so we trust the, the Peruvian democracy has been in place for decades already. Uh, there were different governments along the last 20 years and, uh, and uh, from the left or from the right and uh, the economy and business uh, were run in a very sustainable way. The government is saying now that they may go for increasing taxes, they, they want to distribute better the, 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 the income, but uh, uh, we have to see how the, the Congress will react to the position of the, 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 the president, because the president doesn't have the majority of the votes there. So we don't think it's going to be a, uh, there will be a major change, a disruptive change in the way business are, are, are treated by, by the, the, the central government in, in Peru, because of this, those differences, those, 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 the, the, the difference between what the, the presidency wants and what the Congress acts is defense, supports. Uh, clearly, there is, a, there is no match between them, which actually can keep the institutions working as usual. So we, we are not so concerned about it right now. Anyway, of course, we have to wait and see how, how, how the, 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 the politicians will behave along the next few months in, in order to be able to define if there will be a, a, a major change. But we don't think it's going to happen. Okay. And the second question in that regard, um, do you have a tax stability agreement in place in Peru? Hi, we have just one agreement uh, with Cerro Lindo, and this uh, will end until the end of this year. It finalizes in December this year. So from next year on, there are no uh, tax stability agreements in place. There will not be any tax stability agreement in place. Thank you very much. Thank you for your question. Again, if you have a question, please press star then one. The next question is from Lucas Yang with JP Morgan. Please go ahead. Hi, everyone. Uh, good morning, and thank you very much for taking my question. And I have two brief ones. Uh, first one is that uh, you mentioned that the outlook for price is positive and there should be no changes in grade, right? Uh, uh, mining costs were very low here to date, and the guidance wasn't changed. So. My question is, do you expect a pickup in cost into the second half, and, and why is that, how, how that should play out? Uh, my second question would be, um, like, a Congress, like a, every, every change in, in Peru would depend on Congress and, uh, and uh, like, how the political scenario would play out, but do you think that with the Castillo presidency, there should be more risk on the labor side, uh, maybe strikes and things like that? So if you could uh, explain to us a little bit how the labor contracts were deck, what are the risks, that would be great. Thank you very much. Okay, Lucas. Thank you for your question. First of all, on the on the, the cash cost, uh, we we know we are conservative to some extent uh, to, in maintaining what we see as mining costs. But let's be reminded that part of the decrease comes from also from prices in, in byproducts, and that the prices are still showing some volatility. And, in, and also, we have been, as I mentioned in another response here, we have been seeing some higher investments in uh, in in mining development, as we're, we're increasing our our scope of work in the, in the mines, so this might impact as well. So the thing is, the way we saw the year back in January when we released the guidance had some changes, some for the, for, for positive impact, some other negative impact, and we understand the guidance still represents a fair uh, fair information about what to expect throughout the year. Have I addressed your question? Yeah, it's very clear. Thank you. Okay, about the second question. We have had a very stable relationship with the unions in all of our operations in, in Peru. From time to time, there is some noise, but it's a, it's a thing that we consider very normal, nothing that calls our attention. With the new, the new government, uh, I would say that I, I'm not expecting to see a major change in the relationship with the, 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 the unions. Uh, it seems to me that the, the government is more uh, focused on, 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 on promote a social development. 
So what we may see is a more uh, discussions and negotiations with local communities, because as you know, we, we've been supportive to them all the time. I mean, uh, it's part of our our work in, in, in our industry is very important to the country. So uh, as part of our lives and our daily business, uh, actually being closer to the community. So we may see it increasing, this relationship increasing, but I, I, I'm, 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 in general, I'm confident that the situation should not change much. Thank you. Great, thank you. This concludes our question and answer session. Now we will hand over to Tito for his final remarks. Mr. Martin, please go ahead. Thank you very much. Thank you for all being here today. Uh, we are still living uh, a difficult time because, as I said before, COVID has not ended up yet. But seems that the situation is improving a little bit. I mean, we 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 see less people being contaminated. Vaccination is, is is increasing. So we are very optimistic about our second half of the year. As I said before, market has been very good, and seems to us that our operations. Uh, they reach a very stable uh, 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 level, so we are we are expecting a, a, a positive scenario and a positive performance for the rest of the year. Uh, in the case of uh, Aripona, we are, as I said, we are very optimistic. We, we believe that we are we will be on on time on schedule, so we should end up the year ready for production for in 2022. So uh, once more, thank you very much. We are available. Uh, our team, uh, investor relations team, are, is available to, to speak with, with you at any time. And I wish you uh, a good weekend. Thank you very much. The conference is now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.